The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road Although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your home Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with Remax the Golfie Team. Welcome to the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition, with host Rick Zamperin. Yes, welcome once again. We have a jam-packed episode of the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition, right here on 900 CHML. We're going to talk about so many different things that it is, uh, well, it's not going to be hard to keep up, but uh, you're going to be uh, jogging around because we got a lot of things to talk about, including we'll talk about homeowners versus renters, and we'll look at average net worth. We'll talk about some realtors in cottage country who are pushing for changes, also talk about the great transfer of wealth that's on the horizon. There's going to be a boatload of wealth being transferred from one generation to the next. We'll also uh, tell you about deposit rocket guarantee. What's that? Well, stay tuned for that. And we'll also talk about housing and real estate and affordability becoming a big election issue. So we're in the midst of a federal election campaign. Uh, of course, if you're looking to sell your home, you got to call the Golfie team. It's Hamilton and Burlington's number one REMAX team in volume and unit sales. The phone number is 905-575-7700. They're online. RobGolfie.com is the website. RobGolfie.com. And follow them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just search out the Golfie team. Rob, we'll start with uh, how was your week? Uh, well, I, I, I was away uh, a little bit last week on uh, holidays. I, I was up at uh, near Kingston area for uh, a vacation. Nice. We were in a in a uh, RV park, which was not the first choice of RV parks, but <laughs> but you really don't have much of a of a of a choice when everywhere it's booked up. And I booked this like I think February or March. Oh wow! And I just took I just took whatever I can get. Rick, I'll tell you, like 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 it like. They were filling up so fast earlier this year that I was just like happy to say, uh, you know, I'll take it. You know, yeah. <laughs> I had no choice. So did like you did you rent an RV or did you go camping over there? What? Yeah, so I got an RV this year. It's like I'm one of those guys that you know the millennial, like not the millennial. Sorry, the the COVID has uh, you know uh, had me you know buy something yeah. and and you know to do vacationing and stuff like that. So I, I did get an RV earlier this year. And, uh, so I started right away. As soon as I knew I was getting one, I started booking spots and, uh, it, it was tough. Um, <laughs> I originally booked Manitoulin Island for the May two, four weekend. So obviously that got canceled cause uh, we were still in shutdown. Mm-hmm. And then I booked uh Shirkston in the middle of June and it just opened up right at that, like, just like days before. So wow. I thought Shirkston was going to get canceled. So, uh, board government, uh, opened uh, up uh, so that people can go camping and um so anyway i was up at uh kingston uh in uh thousand islands uh in lansdowne and it was great we did boat ride and went around uh, thousand islands and it was great great trip but uh again it's just everything is hard to get like you just 
Like it, it, the, the art, like would I go back to this RV park? No, <laughs> <laughs> I would not go. Like there was really not like I mean it's just like going to I don't know. I like going to RV places if there's a lake there. Right. You know what I mean, so you can just go to the lake, or, you know, like or you know the water and and spend the day at the water. But this this had a, the lake was across the street, but you couldn't really go there. It was a marina. So anyway, just to say that, but I you know I mean you got to. You had no choice to take what you get, right? Like you just you found somebody who says, "Yeah, we'll take you. We got room for you." I go, "Okay, perfect." And then, you know, I had a feeling it was going to be a bit of a disappointment when I went to this uh, park. Right. I mean, it was okay. Everything was fine, but it's just it wasn't. It wouldn't have been the first choice. Let's yeah. Say that. So, for those who don't have an RV, or or for those people who aren't even into camping, what is RV life like? Because you know, we see the commercials, we hear the commercials. It looks really cool. What's it like? You know what? It, it, there's a little bit of work. I mean, it's it's it, it's a, a step above uh, camping, like in tents and stuff like that. Um, I I I kind of like it. Like you know, I kind of you know, like it doesn't take long to set up when we get there, and uh, the people are fantastic. And you've got full amenities. Like you've got a bathroom in your RV, and then and then you just hook up to the to their uh, system, and you got full electrical. You got air conditioning. It's like having a, a little mini house on wheels. Uh, at, at the at the park, so um, you know you got you got a stove, you got a fridge, you got, you've got everything, and the people are great. And then you know, and I was I loved Shirkston. Shirkston was a great uh, uh, place to to go. I I I really I really like Shirkston a lot. That was a great place to uh, to hang out because they had the you know Shirkston beaches there, and, and it was so big that you know you can order pizza if you want because they have a uh, a pizza place there. So. I really enjoyed that, so I did book shirts the next year uh, to park the RV there for a month. So not that I'm going to be taking the whole month off, but I, I can go back and forth because I'm close enough to drive. Yeah, back and forth for the weekend. So, so we we do have a lot of real estate issues to get to, but I, I do have a couple more questions about RVing because I am fascinated by this. What's it like to drive it? Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, when I'm driving, <laughs> uh, I I uh, I literally got to be paying attention to the road. Um, because if you, you take your eyes off the road a little bit, uh, you could sway one side to the other. So obviously you're extra wider than a regular vehicle that you're driving. And, uh, and, but I, I drive about a hundred to 110 kilometers an hour max. Um, right. I just take it easy, sit back and, and, and just go. But I will, uh, yeah, like I just, like we went to thousand islands. It was about four hour drive and I probably could have done that in three and a half hours if I was in my car. But, uh, yeah, I just took my time, and uh, it was nice and enjoyable, and, you know, it's like a big, riding a big, big bus, uh, and I just take my time, that's it. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it, is, it is a little different. You can't look at your phone, because you sway. I'm telling you, you sway. <laughs> you, can't, you know? My wife knows when I kind of looked at something else, Uh-oh. And, the, and, the, and, the, and the RV goes on the side there, uh, the shoulder there, where the, you know how they have those rivets on the, on the road that yeah. it, it hits those bumpy things, you know? And uh, she goes, keep your eyes on the road. You know what I mean? I, you know, she thinks there's a cliff on this. You know, you know those bumpers things that it tells <laughs> yeah. you that you're veering up. <laughs> so, anyway, but yeah, it was. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's not a bad, not a bad drive. Yeah. La- last question about the RV. Do you have a name for your RV? No, I, I, I didn't know we were supposed to name it. Oh, you got to name your RV. Vehicle, yeah. So I, I just learned. It took me three times to really, three times to go to three different locations to really figure out and have everything in place. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it, um, but no, I didn't know I have to have a name. I'll, I, uh, maybe, uh, I gotta check out if people have names. I didn't even ask that question. To it, it, the golfy team's got, the golfy team's got to run a contest. A, a name for their RV. Yeah. The golfy team's got to run a contest to name your RV. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, let's, let's dive into some uh, real estate talk as opposed to RV talk, because I'm sure we can go on and on about that. Um, and let's start with, uh, you know, we're, we're in a federal election. Um, housing affordability has become, you know, one of the major issues of this election. And, and not surprisingly, given, you know, the housing situation, the price of homes, many first-time, a lot of first-time home buyers are not able to get in. Um, so each party is, you know, as they normally do during an election, is promising different things. So, um, you know, for the main political parties, Justin Trudeau and the Liberals promising to uh, fix the Canadian real estate industry. Um, Jagmeet Singh of the NB- NDP blaming the Liberals for ruining it and, and also committing to, uh, you know, building more affordable housing. Aaron O'Toole and the Conservatives promising to... Uh, you know, directing their target at prospective home buyers and renters. Uh, the Green Party also calling for affordable housing for all. In terms of the housing shortage, um, the Liberals are, have promised to build, preserve, or repair 1.4 million homes in four years. The Conservatives promising to build 1 million homes in three years. And the NDP are promising to build a half a million homes, a half a million affordable homes in 10 years. Your reaction to hearing all of that you know what these guys don't get it like they do not get it they need they're so far behind and 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 I, and it's bad for the buyers out there that are going to get into this market because they should have done this like 10 20 30 years ago like keep and and they they're built building about 320,000 homes right now in in a year i think uh this year that's predicted maybe even last year they were doing that in 1976. And how many people have immigrated in this country in 1976? And they also predict, I, I, can't, I don't know if it's in the next two or three years, two years I think it is, 1.2 million people are coming into Canada. So 1.2 million people, 60% of those people are, are getting off the airplane and they're going to be buying a house. They have money, so... I don't know. There's no way they're going to catch up. They got to build. They got to build a lot of homes. Uh, I think Trudeau's saying, "Yeah, of course," but it's a little late to do that, and right. they're making it so difficult for these developers and builders to to get approvals to get going. And it's just a it's just just a long process. And uh, and I don't think any of these guys it's gonna it's gonna work out. All right. The the housing boom is just going to keep going on and on. And uh, I don't I don't know. But I just. You know, one point was it one point five million in the next three years? Was it or five years? Trudeau's Trudeau is promising to build, preserve, or repair 1.4 million homes in four years. The Conservatives, under Aaron O'Toole, promising to build a million homes in three years, and the NDP promising to build a half a million affordable homes over ten years. Well, how, how are they going to build affordable homes? Like, are they going to build them? Who's going to buy them? Like, mm-hmm. like it's just it. it it just doesn't work that way. Um, these guys are not in the trenches. They don't see the people. They just get the numbers from, you know, statistics and, and information from the bank, CMHC, uh, real estate boards and stuff like that. And they say, okay, well, let's just do this. Let's just do this. But they, they don't actually, or they're not there talking to the people. They're not there feeling what, what buyers are feeling and what they are going through. And it's going to be tough. I mean, we are going to hit a ceiling. 
Now, because it, like like we had so, tremendous growth because of the interest rates are low, but eventually it's not the interest rates are going to stay low for another couple of years. But now we're going to hit a ceiling of, of prices of homes uh, a little bit, but it's just going to continue that when we bring these 1.2 million people into Canada in the next uh, two years, two to three years, it's just they're just going to create another boom. We are going to uh, come back and talk about more election talk and uh, what the uh, leaders or the main party leaders are promising in terms of uh, quote-unquote fixing uh, the housing uh, or at least lack of housing here in Canada, including um, some financial help for home buyers and renters. We'll get to that next year on the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Homeward bound, I wish I was homeward bound. Welcome back. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. On the line once again is Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfy team. You can call Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales, 905-575-7700. That phone number again is 905-575-7700. Online at robgolfie.com. That's rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. If you have a question or a topic idea for the Golfie team, send them an email, questions at robgolfie.com. Again, that email address is questions at robgolfie.com. We'll uh, compile your emails. We will read them on the air on a future program. You can also follow the Golfie team on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're talking about a host of things on the program today, including some realtors in cottage country pushing for some changes. We'll explain in a few minutes' time. But we're going through some of the election promises that the main federal party leaders are making in terms of housing affordability. We know that that is a huge challenge for many people in this country. They're also focusing on financial help for home buyers and renters. So here's the key promises from the three major parties. We'll start with the Liberals. They're promising a tax-free savings account to save for a down payment, a rent-to-own program, a 25% reduction on CMHC's mortgage insurance rates, raising the home price cutoff for insured mortgages. Conservatives say they are going to change the federal mortgage stress test. Uh, They will promote 7- to 10-year mortgage terms, raising the home price cutoff for insured mortgages, and indexing it to home price inflation. And the NDP will reintroduce 30-year insured mortgages and a $5,000 rent subsidy. Does any of that kind of catch your ear? None, none of them are any good, really, because <laughs> like the one that, that caught my eye was the, the they'll, they'll bring back the 10-year, uh, um, like 30 mortgage years, term. and then you can sign up for a 10-year uh, guaranteed. Yeah. Most people move less than 10 years. Uh, about 10 years, 10, 15 years ago, the banks introduced that you can, you can lock in your mortgage for 10 years. But you should have seen when people had to move what their penalties were. Their penalties were so bad that they couldn't even move. Uh, we, we've got one person that their penalty is $25,000. And they, they locked in for a 10-year mortgage. And because they locked in at a higher interest rate, uh, I, I think it was like just three, three and a half. But they actually got uh, a $25,000 penalty to cash out because they had, I think, three or four years left on their, on their mortgage term that they signed up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but when you go with the banks, so let's say, let's say 
let's say you sign up at the banks for like, let's say 3% and, but the posted rate is four and they don't, they don't uh, penalize you based on the three because interest rates are two, two and a quarter. They don't base it on the three. They base it on the 4%. And so that's how they hit you hard with it. So you have to be very, very careful when you're signing that contract with a, a mortgage person, especially at a bank, because they really hit you hard. I don't advise anybody to sign up for a 10-year term. Like, you want the amortization long, that's, that's fine. But a 10-year term, majority of the people always end up moving before and they end up paying a big penalty and it's not worth it. Uh, like you have to be absolutely sure for sure that you're not going to move. You're going to sign up for a long term like that. You have to be absolutely sure. Um, reducing, you know, CMHC fees, uh, 25%. That's not, that's not going to cause it. It's just going to, you know, it's just little benefits. They got to, they got to do something more. Help, help, uh, first time buyers, you know, maybe with uh, the down payment, just like Hamilton, uh, the city of Hamilton had, they were they were willing to give you the down payment, and if you stayed there for 20 years, you got to keep it after. If not, then when you sell the house, you give them the down payment that they gave you, and just give it back to the city, no interest costs, and then you go on. You, you've definitely made money. So if you bought a house now, let's say for 500000 they gave you, uh, let's say, $25,000, and in and in 10 years from now, let's say it doubled, you got a million. All you have to do is now you got equity of over 500,000 plus paid down the mortgage. Now you, you just have to pay them $25,000 back if you, if you sell within less than 20 years. So why don't they do that? Like that is a great program and everybody can afford it. Everybody can have home ownership, the new first time buyers and all that kind of stuff. So it, that's what they need to do. They got to do those kind of programs, like offering discounts on CMHC fees and longer term this and longer term that. And it, it's not going to change the way the market is going. And it, it just, you know, like these guys are making promises. Yeah, they're going to do some changes, but it's not going to really change anything for, for anybody buying a house. It's not going to change the, the, this housing crisis that we're in. And uh, it's just going to continue going on and on and on. So uh, another couple of promises from uh, Trudeau's liberals, and this is under his so-called Bill of Rights for homeowners or home buyers, banning blind bidding, which we've debated on, on this program in the past, as well as introducing a legal right to a home inspections. What do you think about those two ideas? Um, the blind bidding situation, it, that's a, like I know they do it in Australia. I don't know how it's run. Um, I, I, I kind of like it and I kind of don't like it. Um, the, the reason is it just becomes like a big circus in front of the house, uh, uh, when they're, when they're doing a, an auction style. Um, I don't know how they're going to, I don't know how they're going to change this, uh, if they are going to change it, but, uh, I, I don't know how they're going to end blind bidding. I think it's just, the sad thing is, is that sometimes blind bidding, you know, you get 10 offers and the, the, ni- the ninth offer could be, you know, uh, uh, the ninth and tenth offer, they could be a hundred thousand apart, which they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have to be that far apart. It, you know what I mean? And that's what they're trying to stop. Um, so, and, and a lot of guys are coming so high in the numbers and they don't need to, but when you're blind bidding, you want to make sure you get it because you don't know what the next guy's coming in. So auction style, uh, you may not even get anybody showing up for auctions. I think, I, I think it, it'll hurt the sellers a bit. Uh, but it also can help the buyers. It's mm-hmm. just, it's, I, I don't know it well enough, Rick, to 
to really see how it's going to go. But I know if they do change it, it's going to be a, another mess. Yeah, I can I can really see the circus atmosphere, especially if things get really heated <laughs> when when two people oh, are yeah. going at it. So that that might be a disaster. Uh, last one in terms of the election promises: uh, the Liberals and the Conservatives both proposing a two-year ban on foreign buyers, and the NDP is proposing a twenty percent national foreign buyers tax. Do either of those kind of tickle your fancy? The first part, I missed that list. A two-year buyer's what? Two-year two, two ban on foreign buyers. Oh, two-year ban. So when they come in, they can't buy for anything for two years. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's going to slow things down. And then after, what happens is they just slow things down for two years. For two and years. after that, every, yeah. everybody, everybody's going to start buying again. So basically, they, they just put a Band-Aid for two years, and then after that, after two years, everybody's going to be buying. So now every two years... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's I don't know. I don't know where they're getting these ideas from. It's just, <laughs> that's not going to stop things. It'll it'll slow things down maybe for a couple of years. That's it. But after that, you know, there's always people moving into into the country. Uh, like like I said, 1.2 million are going to be moving into Canada in the next uh, two to three years. So that's a that's a lot of people. All right, let's uh, let's forget about the election promises because we don't know how the election is going to turn out. Uh, we know it is a pretty close race, but uh, let's move on here. We'll talk about the great transfer of wealth is on the horizon, and uh, we know that baby boomers are eventually going to be passing down all their wealth to their families or their beneficiaries. A report done by Coldwell Banker Global Luxury Program and Wealth Engine claimed that $68 trillion dollars will change hands in the U.S. by 2030. According to RBC Wealth Management, their numbers in terms of the wealth transfer in Canada has $150 billion changing hands by 2026. That is a huge chunk of change. That is, and that is going to cause the real estate market to be strong. A lot of these people are feeling, uh, especially that are inheriting, they're saying, you know what, I'm going to buy myself a luxury home or, and, and, and move into it, buy a cottage, there is going to be a lot of spending, and, and it's just going to continue with this market. So, like I said, guys, if you think the market's high now, wait till two, three years from now. It, you're going to be going, thank God I bought now. Um, right now, what people are doing, if they can't find a luxury home, they're going to buy something close to luxury, renovate it, put an addition onto it. They, there is so much money coming up the pipe uh, you're going to see uh, luxury homes. You're going to see people buying everything, the, the, boats, cars, everything. It's, it, it, the econo- economy is just going to be booming for the next five to ten years. But this, this will probably be, I would think, the last major transfer of wealth. Um, for a while, for a long time, yeah. you're right. It will be the last transfer, the biggest transfer. It'll be the biggest transfer of wealth in, pro, in, in the next hundred years, yeah, it would be the biggest. Just because of the fact um, the, the, the baby boomers now, um, I guess you would call them baby, uh, the baby boomers, and also the people uh, that were born before the war and after, and, and after the, the, the money's coming down, they grew up in, in, in times where there was poor money. There was like they, so they saved a lot. Mm-hmm. Generation now is spending, but the, the but like but the generation, like my parents, and even my generation, um, they're they're good at saving. But again, like I, you know, you're gonna find this will be the biggest, biggest 
uh, transfer of wealth in probably 50 to 100 years. And uh, so, so things are going to be happening quite a bit. Uh, it's, you know, they, they're predicting what 150 billion. Yeah. But uh, will billions change hands by 2026? So you're going to see you're going to see five years. moving along. <laughs> that's, that's that's only five that years. From now. Yeah, I know. I know. And it's and it's happening now as we speak. People are people are inheriting a lot of money and 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 and, and baby boomers are starting to pass down money before they pass away. Like they know they're going to old age home, they're starting to write checks to their kids, yeah. you know, before they're taxed on it. So there is a lot of money going to transfer and and everybody's going to be spending it, you know. Well, and and here's a here's a great example, and you know I can use my parents as an example because they're in this uh, category. Is uh, you know they, you sell your house in the GTA uh, for close to a million dollars. You move to the Niagara region for you know let's say about half a million. You're pocketing yep. that you know that extra kind of cash. Now you have an asset that's all now building equity in Niagara, and you're not only going to pass that asset, but all the cash that you've accumulated in your life. That that's just and that's just you know one person or or, or two people passing all that money down a generation. That's just it's just huge. Oh, oh, exactly. So they so they're going to pay for their house cash. They got a half million in the bank, and who knows how much money they saved all the years? They probably got another two three million dollars in the bank. Yeah. So there's a and that's just one. Now, think about hundreds of thousands of people just in Ontario yeah. that's going to be going through that. Millions of people, and uh, yeah, it's you're, you're going to see you're going to see hot rods on the on the on the <laughs> roads. You're going to you're going to see people vacationing more. You're going to see a lot of spending happening. People buying houses. People feel comfortable spending money buying investment properties, buying buying a bigger house or whatever they're doing, yeah. you're going to see a lot of that. And it's just, and the economic boom is just going to be, I, I think this is going to be the roaring twenties. This will be the roaring twenties for the ne- for another decade. Things are going to be going like gangbusters until it's all spent. And then we got to watch. Well, and you mentioned it too. You just said, you know, investment property. If anyone is smart and they're inheriting a lot of money, invest in real estate. And, and that's going to continue to grow uh, in your portfolio. Oh, absolutely. Try to make, you know, what you do is if you inherit, let's say a couple million dollars, invest, uh, you know, a lot of it and then, you know, still buy yourself something nice. You'll probably have a couple million plus another two million in five years. So you'll end up in, uh, increasing your portfolio to double uh, within 10 years. And, um, but I mean, a lot of people don't do that. They, you know, they just, uh, they'll just go and have fun with it yep. and enjoy life and which is fine also. Yeah, yeah. To, to each their own. That's for sure. Uh, we got a couple that's minutes it, to talk. It. Yeah, we got a couple minutes to talk about the net worth of homeowners and renters, and it is vastly different. So the median U.S. household uh, in the U.S. the net worth is about two hundred fifty-five thousand dollars. This is back in twenty nineteen. So I would imagine that the numbers are probably still very similar. So net worth of a homeowner two hundred fifty-five thousand dollars. The net worth of those of, of a person who would rent a property. $6,300. That's a difference of 40 times between those two groups. And obviously, as we know, when you have a house, you have mortgage payments. That goes into the equity of the home. When you're renting, all that money is not really going anywhere. It's going into your landlord's pocket. So obviously, there is the huge you know, difference in terms of net worth. Oh, yeah. And you know what it is? Like buying a home... Um, you, you've got some kind of uh, pride of ownership, but also it's kind of like a forced savings. Like, like if you're going to be paying $2,000 rent to somebody, you might as well pay $2,000 rent to yourself and, and pay your mortgage off. 
And so you're building equity and also you're paying down your mortgage. Um, I understand. I, I understand sometimes people don't have the opportunity to buy a house and it's been difficult. Um, and I get it. Um, and, it, but there are ways of doing it. It's just gotta be, you just gotta be creative and, 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 and have the right people, uh, behind you to, to help you along that way. Now, yeah, it, it's sad to see that uh, the average renter is not, it, their net worth is low. It's, it's, it's sad, it's sad to hear about that. Yeah, I didn't think the disparity would be that large, but it is, yeah, it's absolutely gargantuan. It's almost, you know, $200,000 difference between a homeowner and a renter. Lots more to come here on the Golfy Real Estate Show. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some realtors in cottage country that are pushing for changes. And we'll also tell you about the deposit rocket guarantee. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Welcome back. You're listening to the Gulfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin, joined once again by Rob Gulfy, sales representative with Remax's Skirtman Realty, the Gulfy team. Find them online at robgulfy.com. That website again is robgolfi.com. If you want to sell your home or you're in the market to buy a house, call Hamilton, Burlington, and Niagara's top real estate team, the Gulfy team, 905-575-7700. Again, online at robgolfy.com. That's robgolfi.com. You can find the Gulfy team on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you have a topic idea for a future program or a question for Rob Gulfy, you can send him an email, questions at robgolfy.com. Again, that's questions at robgolfy.com. Dot com. So there's a group of realtors in uh, the Collingwood area that uh, want things to change. They want it to be mandatory for out-of-town agents who are listing property in that area to post a particular listing in both Collingwood and the Toronto boards. And apparently, in some cases, listings in Collingwood um, that are being sold by Toronto agents are only being posted in Toronto. I didn't know that that was even allowed. Well, what, what, what's happening is the Toronto agent is listing a house in Collingwood and they're only putting it on the Toronto Real Estate Board. So now what happens is it does hit uh, Realtor.ca, the public site, but the eight local agents do not know that that house is for sale unless they go online every day and, and, and scour through uh, Realtor.ca. Right. It, it, it's, and that, that the way that's set up, it's, I don't know for that. So realtors don't really look on realtor.ca because it's more of a consumer website versus a realtor website. So, but that Toronto agent that's listing a house in Collingwood is hurting the seller in Collingwood. And it's also happening here in Hamilton and Burlington and surrounding areas. Toronto agents are coming in, they're listing the house, and all of a sudden we get a call from uh, uh, our client saying, hey, there's a house for sale on, let's say, Fennel Avenue or, or East 22nd or whatever. And, and I'm going, I can't find it. So then, so I Google the address and then I, I'll, what I'll do is I'll, I'll, look, I'll look for it. Then I have to call the agent for the details. But I, I am a member of the Toronto Real Estate Board 
So um, I'm, it's fine with me, but a lot of agents aren't members of the Toronto Real Estate Board, so they don't know it's for sale. But the homeowner, it's, 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 they're not going to get the full maximum exposure. They're just going to get the people from Toronto that possibly look at it. But the local people that want to look at this house and, and they wanted to move this neighborhood, they don't know about it. They could have created more buzz on this house if there was more people, more people uh, looking at it. So the Toronto agents are not helping their clients when they list a house out of out of the Toronto uh, outside the area, like like Barrie, Collingwood, Hamilton, Burlington. It could be Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge, Niagara. They are hurting their sellers, and because they could have had more people looking at it and possibly more offers on it. So, and the local agents, yeah. They they say they should say that you know what if you're gonna list a house in our area, please put it on our board, and it's not hard to do. It's just uh, they have to fill up some more paperwork, and uh, and it and it's actually it's, it should be mandatory because they're hurting their sellers if they don't do that. The other part of it too, does it not also hurt other people in the neighborhood? Because um, when that house sells, um, the so, so so let's let's say it's it's sold in Collingwood. Can Collingwood Realtors now use that sale data for comparables? Like, would they be able to well, find they, that? They, they won't find it that easy. So, a lot of times, what I do is when I'm looking for data on a street, I'll look at uh, homes sold by our real estate board, mm-hmm. and then I also go to see if there's any transactions that happened that weren't on our real estate board. I, I do that, but not everybody does that. Right. So you're right. The stats won't be there. It won't be like, hey, what's the average selling price on this street? Well, you don't have it because that listing was listed in Toronto, not on our local board. So we we don't have that full information. And uh, and it, 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 they're all they're doing is they're hurting their sellers when they list a house without putting it on the local board. They are hurting themselves. And and every seller here should that's listening if you're going to list with a toronto agent well and, and another thing with these toronto agents is that they they're calling us to show their their listing because they don't want to drive on the highway all the traffic so <laughs> why hire somebody that can't service you well so we'll always go local get the local agent don't get the toronto agent believe me a lot of agents are uh toronto uh, members of the toronto real estate board we are every single one of our listings goes on the toronto board and so we know that the Toronto buyers and Toronto agents are coming this way and they're going to see your listing. And also the local agents on our local boards will also see it. So there is nobody missing. We got, the, we got everybody with hundreds of kilometers that know that your house is for sale. About 900 agents have signed an online petition asking the Canadian Real Estate Association to make listing a property, uh, uh, make listing on a property's home board mandatory. And CREA says it is reviewing the matter. So we'll keep tabs on that. When we come back, we'll talk about a deposit rocket guarantee. What is it? Well, stay tuned. You're listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. And one more go around here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. On the line once again, Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfy team. You can find them on the World Wide Web. RobGolfy.com is the website. That's Rob G O L F I.com. 
Call Hamilton and Burlington's number one REMAX team in volume and unit sales, 905-575-7700. Follow the Golfie team on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can listen to our show online through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for the Golfie Real Estate Show in your favorite podcast platform and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. So what is a deposit rocket guarantee, Mr. Golfie? So Deposit Rocket, if you have equity tied up in your home or investments, Deposit Rocket will unlock your deposit amount instantly. It can also be used by first-time home buyers. Deposit Rocket is also a real estate deposit bond that guarantees the deposit amount until closing. The Deposit Rocket bond simply takes the place of cash deposit required prior to the purchase of the property. So what it is is, is the, 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 the benefits of it is that uh, – Let's say you don't have enough money to make a deposit when you're bidding on a house. Okay. And let's say the deposit they want fifty to a hundred thousand dollars. Not a lot of people have that kind of money in the bank. You can use Deposit Rocket, and you can write down deposit a hundred thousand dollars, and and submit your offer, especially if you're in competition. Now, with a bigger deposit, your offer is a little bit more looked at seriously. Uh, like you must have enough, you must have equity in, in, in your home to, you know, or liquid asset in order to qualify. First time home buyers can use, you know, uh, apply with their parents home or utilizing their equity. Now, a lot of people in this market that we, we, we have had earlier this year and still a little bit going on now. Um, they didn't, they have, they own a house. They got so much money in the bank. They probably had the right price, just didn't have the, enough deposit. Now, the way Deposit Rocket checks it out is they go to they go to uh, the registry office. They, it's a land title. They, it's easy, two seconds, and it'll tell them how much their how much their mortgage is, and it also tell uh, and land land titles also gives them a range of what their home price is. So if if both numbers qualify, they can instantly get. Uh, it, uh, uh, a deposit uh, or uh, an, an approval to put a, an offer on a house with a large deposit instantly, quickly. And uh, it's a great idea. Um, I, I have done it for some clients that didn't have enough of a deposit, and we would uh, they would give me their, their uh, money on closing when they close. Um, but there is a fee for this. Uh, deposit Rocket, I think they charge $155 or $150 fee for a filing fee and then uh and then it, uh, based on a hundred thousand with three months it works out to eighteen hundred dollars that's including the hundred fifty dollar uh filing fee so i mean yeah you do have to pay for it um it, not always you need a hundred thousand but um uh, but you basically have a, a better chance uh, of, of getting a house than not having enough deposit some people you know they only can afford ten thousand but Agents are looking for fifty thousand dollar deposit on on houses, especially if you're in competition with twenty other people. You're able to do that now. If you don't use it, obviously you can use it for the next place. But uh, but it, it's it's a good tool to have. It's a great tool to have. You are paying for it, but it but you also are paying more money for a house that you're in competition with. So what's another? thousand to fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars so it's almost like using if you if you currently have a home using some of the equity in your home to guarantee that hey you know i'm good for this deposit whatever the number is 
Exactly. And you know what? And the great thing is, is that you can put an offer in right away. The convenient thing is, if you have to go get a line of credit, um, you have to fill out all this paperwork, and you've got to get all your financials, and it's just a long process. There's no banks, no bridge loans, nothing, no arranging or de- uh, you know, delivery or certified checks. Your money stays in the market. Uh, no home appraisal on your house. Uh, no line of credit applications. No investment uh, breakage fees. So it, Deposit Rocket, uh, you know, when, when, I, when I saw this, that it, it, this is new to Canada. This is new. They've been approved by, by the uh, government of Canada to, to do this. Um, I, thought it was a, I thought it was a great tool. I thought it was, we've been doing it just ourselves in-house to help out some clients. Uh, we'll help them with uh, the, the deposit as long as they have the equity in their house so that they can get the property that they want. But, uh, but yeah, you go online, Deposit Rocket, I think it's the .ca, They've been doing this in Australia for 30 years. They, they've had it, but I don't know if it's called Deposit Rocket there, but they have been doing this a similar situation in Australia for a long time, which is, which is a great tool. That's pretty cool. Uh, also pretty cool is if you want to sell your home for top dollar, you got to call the Golfie team. They are Hamilton and Burlington's number one REMAX team in volume and unit sales, 905-575-7700. Go online for the hottest listings in town, robgolfi.com. Get your listing on robgolfie.com by joining the Golfie team and uh, allowing them to use their marketing expertise to get top dollar for your home. And don't forget to follow the Golfie team on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well. Rob, great show as always. Thank you for listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday at 9 on 900 CHML. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.